first and foremost, thank you so much for being here, Kamala K. How are you? My day is swell. I'm I'm excited. I was on Clubhouse this morning. You know, shout out to Marciano. You know, we had an amazing club, and that's where we met. You know, in the exclusive networking club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes you meet people, and you're like, you don't meet people every day, but you really do meet people every day. You know. Right. And you don't connect with everyone either. You know, you can be a thousand people in the room, and you can leave by yourself. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm so glad we were able to connect and you have so much to bring to the table today, especially in our podcast premium when season four, you know, and now that you're here, I'm like, this is perfect timing because you have the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Facts, exactly. So I would love people to know more about you. Just give us a little introduction. Tell us who you are and then we can be able to get right into it. Kamala K, and I'm so excited. You said it perfectly. I know sometimes people butcher my first name. So Kamala K is my first name, and I'm a professional agency signed international model. So I do things such as uh, print work, TV commercials, and I've done some work with clients such as David Beckham, Ritz Carlton, Stella McCartney, Walmart, Disney, you name it. Um, And so because of that experience, and I remember when I started this industry, I was so completely lost on it because of realizing that I actually became a modeling consultant. So what I do now, aside from when I'm not in front of the camera, is I really help aspiring models navigate the industry. So whether it's a parent trying to get their child into the modeling industry or someone that's like 50 and they're thinking that they're too old to, to now pursue their, their goals still, I teach them that. And then the final thing for now that I'll say is I'm also a posing coach. So you know how sometimes you get in front of the camera and you're like, all right, I've already done the one hand in on the camera where guys, they cross their arms, right? Yeah. So my job as a posing coach is to really teach you when you get in front of the camera, what are all the various angles that you can do to just kind of switch things out that way you can just have so much better content, whether that's for your social media or your website or even, you know, like family photos. So that's the quick blurb about me. No, you know, that was perfect landing because think about it like this. What you've just said is what everybody needs is when it comes to public speaking. There are some people who go on video, even on a Zoom call, they will not even put their video on because they don't really want people to see who they are or what they are. And it's it, maybe it's, it's an introvert thing. Maybe it's just shyness. But I think when you really have an idea and you really have your own value, in, like you know who you are, you start doing things. People are like, damn, I, I knew you could do it like that. You know? <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it's just, um, sometimes when I, when especially when people see my professional modeling portfolio, they may see a shot. So for instance, I have a shot of me in athletic gear, I'm in sneakers, and literally the pose is me on my tippy toes. Well, I've never done ballet in my life, but I know how to do that pose because of a very simple technique, right? And so I teach those things to people, so then they realize they have an aha moment of, okay, if I just make these very small tweaks, I can come off very differently on camera. So whether it's, uh, you know, if you're doing video or a lot of times the, the photos is what a lot of times people are posting to social media, right? So those small things make such a world of a difference to your point. Yeah, definitely. I think right now people have become more comfortable in their own skin, literally, because <laughs> because there is so much I see people traveling now, people relaxing, people trying to like, take a walk in the park, go back to the gym. Like people really care about their health. I think there was right. there was a study, I, I don't know if it was on TikTok or somewhere on the internet, definitely somewhere on the internet. <laughs> exactly. I got to know like when you think about the like later in the years, you know, like God willing, you know, as we stay alive and, and, and healthy, by the time it's like 20, 50, 60, you know, like our generation, like, you know, the millennials, that Gen X, and then, you know, down to Gen Z and then the new ones coming too, we're going to really like have long lives because of the way we've really had technology and health and practice, like access to information, you know, like exactly. it's For different. Right? Yeah. And implement things. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so like in your industry now, when you think about it, post-pandemic now, 
Modeling, I don't know if you knew this, but my first check <laughs> was from a modeling agency on on two different spheres. One, I was a, an extra for telecommunication networks and um, we're doing like, you know how it says, get this to get that, you know, like all these nice deals for Christmas and everything. So I was part of the crew and I was able to see from the back end, but I was also part of the team that was also able to work on, you know, those advertisements. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. I've been in the crowd and I've also been on the spotlight. So yeah, I, it's, so I, it's different. On both sides. So I don't know in your industry, especially now with the post pandemic, like how do you see this happening with, you know, modeling and, and consultancy and, you know, making sure that people pose right, you know? Yeah. So if I'm understanding your question correctly, are you saying like how maybe things have changed in the, in the pandemic or how we're going to continue to move forward within this industry? Yeah. It's like a hybrid pretty much of both. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just to kind of like bring it back a little bit. So prior to the pandemic, we would do things like go and meet with a client in person, have in-person auditions, right? Um, and so a lot of things were happening face to face, but then once COVID happened, once the pandemic happened, a lot of things became what's referred to as self tapes or, um, you know, so basically we were auditioning at home pretty much like you and I are doing now. So I would have to set up all my lights, all of that on my own and do all of that audition. And then, you know, the client would review those tapes. If they decide they want to see us again, then we would do a live Zoom call. So I think, uh, you know, moving forward, the, the blessing of people doing all of this right now with the Zoom and everything is it's allowing the industry to shift a little bit. So for instance, like even from a modeling standpoint, sometimes we'd have to drive 45 minutes to a casting and then leave that location and then head to another location 40 minutes away. Yeah. And so while there are benefits to meeting in person with like a casting director or what have you, because it's just different energy. At the end of the day, you're wasting a lot of time by doing all of that back and forth driving. So I feel like it's just a lot more efficient right now in some ways, obviously, again, pros and cons. But I think for myself, like when I started consulting, I was doing this before the pandemic, right? So I was already doing Zoom calls and everything. So for myself, it was more of a natural progression when people would say, hey, are you doing um, any in-person coaching? And I could easily say, well, you know what? We're going to be able to accomplish the same exact things over Zoom because I spent all that time prior to the pandemic having clients that were in California, for instance, and I live in Florida. So it, it didn't make sense necessarily for them to fly down from California when I could essentially teach them the same things, uh, you know, virtually. So I think for myself in that sense, um, you know, it's, it's going to become easier. But for myself, I was already on that path. And so even when I do my posting classes, it works perfectly fine because I can still guide people even if they're not physically in front of me. Um, so I think uh, that's how I've been seeing the transition and looking forward to the future. I mean, I'm gonna definitely be excited to get back to in-person and seeing people and being able to make those physical connections, but I'm not stressing it too much. Yeah, that's amazing. I love the fact that it's created new opportunities that we couldn't find because we were so locked in on a schedule or a system that was not really flexible, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, definitely it was flexible before. It was like, this is what we expect from you. And now it's interesting because they're seeing that they can accomplish, like in my industry, specifically with modeling, with castings and all that, they're realizing that they can accomplish at least 80% of the same things by doing it this way, right? So yes, we may be losing some of the physical touch and contacts and that personable touch. Um, but at the end of the day, I think people are trying to be as efficient as possible and as productive as possible. So I'm sure it's, there are some companies and clients that are going to continue down this path. And then others now that are like, listen, y'all can come in the studio. <laughs> you, know? you can meet us live for this audition. Yeah. So whichever way it works, I think we'll just adapt. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it's also going to be interesting for the entertainment industry because I'm looking at it from a music perspective because I'm a musician, too. And I see how virtual tours and real time tours, you know, how they connect together. Someone like J. Cole, you know, he just they just announced with Dreamville about the, the tour. So when you think about how people are engaging with each other because where i said tour is because within the tours there are models there's makeup there's there's hairdress like right. there's a team so it's not just a single unit it's a whole um 
workflow so how do you see it go especially when people that want to start now like say okay i got this you know i think i'm also capable of doing this how can they start today with all these opportunities where before you could just go to the nearest location but now you may not know what to choose because you're not sure of the options if that makes sense yeah so i think now that things are opening back up um some of the options that were there prior are are back in place now not everything but so for example if you're trying to become a model right you're thinking okay i'd love to see myself on tv commercials or i'd love to see myself in print ads like pamela i know sometimes a family member or a random person on, on ig will send me a photo that they saw me in their grocery store or something that came in their mail with my photo right and so if you're thinking okay how can that be me? So there are two really main options that people typically go or two routes that you can take to get to that point of being discovered, as they say. So one is you can submit to agencies on their website. So simple. Do your research, obviously, to make sure that you're submitting to a reputable modeling agency because there's so many scams out there, which is one of the things that I teach in my one-on-one -on -one coaching is how to spot those scams. But let's just say that you have done your research. I know that this is a reputable agency. Then you wanna go on their website because pretty much the majority of agencies, they have a tab that says something to the effect of get discovered or um, you know get signed and whatever the case is, you'll figure it out once you're on the website. And then they have a submission area. So what they're gonna ask for when you do your submissions is something called digitals or Polaroids. So in the industry, digitals and Polaroids are pretty much interchangeable terms. And what that means is they want you to take photos of yourself and you can do this with your cell phone. You don't have to hire a professional photographer, although you can. And so the purpose of the digitals is that way they can just really see your body type, see what your skin is like without makeup. So don't ever take your digitals with uh, makeup or if you do very, very light makeup, um, wear a form-fitting outfit, heels for girls, nicer shoes for guys. And so when you go on the, the website to do the submission process to try to get to this point, right? If they're gonna ask you for those digitals. So if you don't have them, you can't really submit. So make sure you take the time to really research how to properly take those. And I have a video on my YouTube, youtube.com uh, slash K, and then my website, camelakay.com. I have a video and uh, a blog on how to properly take your digitals. And then the second method outside of actually submitting to the agencies on their website is something that the industry refers to as open calls so or walk-ins so open calls or walk-ins are also interchangeable terms so what that means is the agency may have certain days and times of the week or the month where they essentially allow anyone to walk into the agency so if you're like listen I may want to try this modeling thing again, right? So if the website says that open calls or walk-ins are Tuesday at 3 p.m., you don't have to make an appointment. Literally, all you do is show up to the agency at that day, at that time, and a lot of the agencies will ask you to bring some sort of photos with you. If you don't already have a professional portfolio, then at least just print out your digitals. Um, never try to show the agency photos of you on your cell phone. Always have something printed out or use an iPad, which is what I do. Um, and so that's, that's the second method that they can pretty much go about it in terms of at least just trying to get representation. Now there's obviously a whole other side of if you want to do freelance work and try to wing this on your own, that's another conversation as well. So did that answer your question or do you want me to expand a bit more? No, that was spot on. <laughs> that was spot on because I love how you said you have to bring your digitals with you or you have your iPad with you. Now, what are these what are the reasons why these are important because you said it and i think you keep you keep saying that because you can't even submit online either so you really need right. to do that first so how important is yes. that so, yeah so i think where you're getting at it so for instance with the digitals um or let's back up so on online especially on instagram you see everybody using filters whether it's in their stories or their walls there's just it's not an accurate representation a lot of times. Even myself as a professional model, when I do a, a photo shoot for my portfolio, it's the industry standard that those that those have to be photoshopped. Now, I'm someone that I don't like, I don't allow my photos to be photoshopped like a ridiculous amount. Like, I don't get my nose really crazy or my butt bigger, whatever the case is, right? I wanna show up as my authentic self, but the nature of the business is that they do get photoshopped 
unless um, there are some companies now that are moving towards no Photoshop on their models. Um, but just generally speaking, there's a lot of filters, there's a lot of Photoshops. So the purpose of the digitals and why they're so important is agencies want to see you. What does Kamala look like, right? What do you look like without all the makeup? Because trust me, a lot of times people look night and day with and without makeup, right? Yeah. And they want to see what is your what do your curves look like without the Facetune app that that everybody uses, right, to make their body look differently. Right. And so it's just a way for the agencies to have a blank canvas of male models and uh, female models just to see, okay. Do they have the look of what we're going for? And then obviously beyond that, if they decide that they want to continue that conversation after seeing your photos, then it's a matter of, okay, well, what's your personality like? Because sometimes people think models are just a pretty face, um, but agencies are looking to you to say, okay, if I send them to go meet with Target or Calvin Klein, are they going to be able to represent us as the agency well? Are they going to embarrass us? Do they know how to speak properly? Do they have a personality? You know, are they going to show up on time? Right. <laughs> what? Are they going to show up on time? Um, so all of those things um, matter. And um, like even for myself, I, I have a master's degree. I used to work full time at an advertising agency as an account executive before I started modeling. And so agencies love when their models have education. You know, mm -hmm. there's this misconception sometimes that again, models are just a pretty face that they may not have additional background, but there are so many talented models out there, educated models. So all of those little things um, do factor in. It, of course, you don't have to have a college degree to be a model, but those things certainly uh, don't hurt you when you're trying to meet with a client. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes when you think about those things, those are like bonuses, you know, they're like added advantages to you, but it doesn't really define or determine, but it's your zeal and probably your attitude as well that really like pushes exactly. that needle. Yeah. I'm thinking. And, and one more thing I'll say as well in terms of, um, you know, when people are trying to get out there and figure out, okay, how can I fit in? There's, there's a lot of times people think, okay, well, I have to be maybe 25 or I have to have a certain body type or I have to have a certain height, right? And the industry is changing so much. Like, you know, 20 years ago, like when Tyra Banks or what, ha what have you and uh, Naomi Campbell, Campbell uh, they were they were the main girls or ladies in the industry, right? Like the standards were different then. But now, for instance, we have such a divide. We have the fashion industry, fashion models, and then we have commercial lifestyle. So if you think about someone that says, okay, well, I'm five, five feet, six inches, um, and I'm not super, super thin, like, it, does that mean that there's no spot for me because I'm not tall enough to do runway? Well, that category, whether you're five, six, or whether you're 50 years old, you would fall into the category of commercial and lifestyle models, right? So you would be looking more towards the talent agencies. So for instance, when you go on Google, a lot of times people will type in um, modeling agencies in Los Angeles or modeling agencies in New York. What you can do instead is type in talent agencies in LA or talent agencies in New York, because that's actually going to give you a different list of agencies and the talent agencies are the ones that are a lot more receptive to shorter models to different body types and i'll just say this and then i'll, I'll let you continue is commercial lifestyle models often make more money than the fashion models that you see in those huge magazines such as vogue and harper's bazaar like all of that because they have the opportunity to sometimes make residuals and 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 so don't discredit the fact that okay well i can't be a victoria's secret model well there's no point there's so much more opportunity for people who would think that there's nothing out there for them within this industry that's amazing it's great to hear this i don't know if there are any online communities that people could join like facebook groups that you know they could build this because as we're going digital to you think about oh i want to connect with you know with some people because we're building a community it's not just the sale it's not just the conversion it's are we impacting our community are two people wearing the same outfit because they believe in what we have as a mission and a vision so I think it goes deeper than that, and I, and I love how you were able to put that together for sure. It, it, it speaks a lot about how people put themselves out there. And if you think about best practices for camera, let's just go back into the basics a little bit okay. and see how when people are, you know, doing a YouTube video, a Zoom video, a StreamYard video, whatever type of video that they want to do online or go live, even Instagram 
what are those things they have to look at and pay attention to like simple things like lighting <laughs> so exactly when you're going on a Zoom call or when you're trying to take um, photos of yourself for your social media, right? So for instance, I have an 18-inch newer ring light. So it's N-E-E-W-E-R. So the brand is newer. And there's an 18-inch one, and that's the perfect size to just get you going with having uh, good lighting. Of course, I have my LED lights on the side because it just gets better lighting, especially right today. It's a very rainy day, so I need to have that extra light since my big window here is not giving me a lot enough um so something simple like that and then basic things that sometimes people don't realize and i've had conversations with people about this and they've made the adjustments and good example i was talking to an executive producer the other day and uh, she was saying so she she's the one that that casts people like me right for her for her production sets and she was saying just a simple thing like she will make sure that she leaves a red lipstick next to her computer at all times so that in case she has to jump on a zoom meeting something as simple as just putting on lipstick for women or guys making sure that you combed your hair or your beard that morning right like those simple things make a difference so even for myself before i got on this this uh podcast with you right i knew yeah. we were recording what i did was i went to my zoom and i turned on the camera so that i could see what you were seeing and i actually had on a different shirt and i thought you know what i think i need to add a little bit more color so things like that like take the time beforehand and just see what are you looking like on camera because the zoom screen is going to look different than what you see in your mirror right so picking out a top or a full outfit depending on what what's going to be showcasing that just really puts you in your best light so i think when you feel good about yourself um you know that that comes off a lot more on camera than when you're like oh my gosh i probably should have put on something different like, <laughs> the whole time instead of you focusing on, yeah. on making sure that you have a good photo or a good video you're being self-conscious about your body or about what you're wearing right so little things like that matter that's beautiful that was that's literally what everybody's struggle is you know like waking up in the morning trying to get ready and then wearing and then you know there used to be this um thing i think it was back last year that people would wear like suits and then wear shorts <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I definitely can say that i have been one of those people that i'm like i think i can just get away with a nice top right now but <laughs> Right? Yeah. So, little things like that, that, like I said, make it make a difference. Um, yeah. So, and, and, it, and it's going to be different for different people, right? Like some people maybe okay, let me put on a piece of jewelry. For for guys, maybe like even though I can't smell your cologne, maybe you were like, you know, let me put on my cologne because it just makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. So those tiny things, even if no one else will notice will make a difference exactly because it's that self-confidence that you're actually impacting that someone else is going to feel through your energy right and then one more thing that i'll say about just making sure that you have a little bit more on-camera confidence again and this applies if you're doing video or photo it's just posture right so if you're sitting here and this whole time like you're kind of like this right <laughs> that's okay. you're engaged in conversation it makes a difference but try to yeah. like speak and, and have a good posture because it just comes off differently on camera yeah. and uh, you're going to feel better about yourself. So when you're taking photos as well, I always tell people when I do my posing classes is making sure that you have angles in your body. So as opposed to like always being like this, you know, pose to where you can see that there's shape in, in your body, whether that's your legs or your arms, because it just makes a world of a difference yeah. when you're on camera doing photos, especially exactly and you, if we think about posture you know i just got to notice something and it's 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 funny because it's, it's about us guys it's about you know how your body is supposed to be shaped you know go to the gym feel good drink water all these things because before you smile and look good on camera you have to be eating right you have to be feeling some type of way you have to feel the sun you know some things are so basic but they're so basic. overlooked and I, I have to say i mean i need to do better at drinking my water so I'm not gonna lie, but I did have tea this morning with with lime in there. Hey, so. <laughs> another thing too that I noticed is that even with posture for guys, and I don't know if, if any guys listening to this, please take note of this. One thing I noticed is that 
especially when it comes to posture you know when guys work out and they do all these weights and everything they are back you know you got to take care of that too but i also know that like if you're able to have like a power pose you know like superman all those power poses and everything if you're able to do those things and and at least do that for two minutes you know what you're gonna do in 20 you're gonna have about 24 percent less in in cortisol you know 24 percent less and then you have 20 percent more in testosterone and a lot of guys you know when you're posing it's like you're you're, you're struggling <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying so think about if think about those two exactly shoulders so when you're working out feeling good you know even when you're posing those are things that you're reflecting because you're around people and the testosterone you know like those things really it's it goes deeper than just how you look so i'm so glad that you're able to bring out those angles and poses today exactly there's like a psychology behind people how people perceive you and how much they want to engage with you when you just those little things just make you seem a lot more confident so exactly that's what you want, is that connection with people whether it's for work opportunities or just a natural friendship i mean you want people to be gravitated towards you yeah ex- good- <laughs> exactly now i'm i just want to have like a little insight because i think we've both been in this tv commercial because people think what does it feel like to be in a tv commercial people see 30 seconds and they it, they think it took two minutes to do and sometimes it probably took 25 hours and some change <laughs> you know to get that one scene right because it's probably the sun came a little bit the cloud you know so <laughs> exactly <laughs> that one exactly so if somebody is so entertained and is like yeah i want to be part of this i want to grow i want to build what are those things that they have to look out for when it comes to being behind the scenes because a lot of people don't see those things that happen behind the camera so I, I love that you brought that up because people do see that just the glamour behind it and don't realize all the work that goes into it. So first I will say, yes, there are some glamorous days. There are some days where I may go to work. Uh, great example, I was I was doing a shoot for a really big uh, furniture brand and I had to fly to, uh, what was it, Minnesota? And um, I went there and I was booked for half a day, right? So four hours. And I went there, did hair and makeup, and after I shot for about an hour, the client's like, all right, we're done, you can go now. I'm like, wait a minute, I was supposed to be here for, for, for a little while longer. But it didn't matter because I was booked for half a day, so if the client used me for half a day or less, I was still getting paid my same rate. So I worked one hour, got paid like $3,000, and, and I went back to the airport, right? But then there's days where um, you know, you're know you on set and usually the max is typically 10 hours for print shoots typically, but you're on there and it could be a lot of what they call hurry up and wait. So you could be on set waiting five hours, literally just sitting there waiting five hours for yeah. you to actually get on camera. Or it could be one of those situations where you do your scene, so let's say that I'm here and I'm just like hanging out with friends and we're talking and we're having some girl time and yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the director's like, great, perfect. And you're thinking, okay, great, perfect, right? He said that, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, let's do that again. And then you do it all over again with your friend or you know the model friends that you have. And then he's like, great, perfect. And, and, and we do that scene 15, 20 times. And every time the director says, great, perfect. So you're wondering, why the heck are we doing this again? <laughs> yeah. But it's because they have to make sure that when they do playback, when they watch that footage again, that they can piece things together from different angles. So when you're on set, there may be a camera directly in front of you. There may be a camera to the side of you. And they're getting all angles right. And they want to make sure that they're not going to leave after they've just spent $100,000 on a production set, get back to the office and realize we missed something, right? So they do all of these tapes to make sure that they get exactly what they're looking for. And sometimes it can be, uh, you know, when you're on set, for instance, simple things that you should be paying attention to is when you get to set, turn, put your cell phone on silent. When they are doing film and someone's phone goes off, that means they have to start that full scene over again. And guess what? If the client is behind, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, Sometimes on sets, when I'm doing a TV commercial, there may be 30 people on set that are doing the lights and, 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 right? And so if you think about 30 people on set and then the the crew is running five minutes behind, 
Well, that's five minutes of overtime times 30 people. That's a lot of budget for a client, right? Yeah. So just knowing onset etiquette, knowing when, when's the appropriate time to go to lunch, knowing if the client says, okay, we are going to have a wardrobe stylist on set, but we need you to bring these three pieces of clothing just in case you need something that fits you better. And then you don't show up with those or you show up with those and they're all wrinkled versus bringing that on hangers, which is the appropriate thing to do. Like all of those behind the scene things, scene things um, matter. I, I remember I was doing a, a commercial and I was a hand model that day. So I was literally dancing. Like I had to finger dance and do all kinds of dance moves to, to an audio track and it had to be precise to the audio track. And I was dancing on top of a cell phone. It was for a major bank and they were they were promoting their new app to be able to get into the bank. And while I was on set, I was sitting at the table about to be ready to dance with my fingers. And while I was waiting for the director to say action, I counted and there were like 27 people that were watching me that were just waiting for the director to say action, right? And so just having like we talked about before, right? Make sure that you're someone that has a little bit of that confidence before you get on set because with 27 people watching me doing a dance routine that I thought it was actually one of the hardest jobs that I've had in my career, even though it was just with my fingers. And so just all of those little things of just being mindful about your confidence, mindful of what the etiquette should be on set um, makes such a difference in how the trajectory of the day is going to go. So did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. It was spot on because now I'm thinking after that set is done, usually this is what happens and I've experienced this because I've also been in the advertising scene before and I see that once you're done with that set, chances are you're going to be called back for something else if you really did well in your first try and that's based on the relationships you build, if you were humorous, if you were just likable, you know, if you had a nice personable, you know, like a nice personality. So when people think about these things, how do they channel those energies so that they don't miss out on like a big opportunity because they got bad or they got angry or they got upset, you know? So I think it's it's one of those things where you, uh, what is it called, where people refer to it as reading the room. So for instance, while you do want to show personality, right? You want people, you want to be kind to the makeup artists and the stylists. They're the one that, they're going to be your first point of contact when you get to set, right? They're going to be making you look good. So little things like um, the way that you speak to them and the way that you tell them thank you or you say things like, I love this outfit, even sometimes when you don't, right? Because as a model, you don't get to choose what your makeup's going to look like that day right. or what your outfit's going to be like. That's the client's vision. So being personable, but knowing the balance, right? And that's where you have to read the room because sometimes on set, you'll see the person that's to your point. They're trying to be so personable. They're trying to be so memorable so that they get booked again. And then it becomes annoying to where the client has to say, all right, can you just go into the holding room? So holding room is usually where the talent are waiting until the client calls us out on set to start filming. Yeah. So sometimes you can just see, I can see in the client's face that they're like, this person is just doing too much. It just happened the other day. I was shooting a tourism commercial and one of the models was just doing way too much. She was being really loud, which is like a no-no on set. And myself, the other models, we all saw that this was just not appropriate. And he just kept going because he was just, he had blinders on to what should be expected. And he had blinders on to how loud he truly was, right? Um, so I think just understanding, like spending time to sit still for a minute and read the room. Is it a, a space where people are mostly quiet? Is it a space where people are a little bit more engaging? Like if you get a phone call, realizing that you shouldn't be talking on your phone on set or, or, or that you should be asking permission to step out for a minute to take that phone call, right? All of those little details make such a difference. And it's like one of the things that I talk about when I do my one-on-one -on -one, uh, consulting and coaching for aspiring models, because sometimes we, we look at the big picture and we think, okay, well, I showed up on time. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. But if you miss those small things to your point, you're not going to get hired again for the job, right? right. <laughs> they're, not, they're like, you know, she was great. She was prettier. He was, you know, he had the best six pack. But he had no idea how to how to act appropriately on set. So let's find another guy that looks almost exactly like him because that's the demo we're going after. But we don't want him. Mm. And those are things people don't realize that you don't call the shots. You don't control anything. You're just there to make sure that you have your best impression and you can 
build connections. And I think if you do it naturally, that should not be a problem for you. because they're trying to make that impression and it's just just be yourself just be yourself but if yourself is a little bit too much Down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. This has really, really helped. And I'm sure people have been able to take in and understand and see where they can go through. And of course, talent searching, making sure that they have those things together, their digital assets, make sure they have those things connected. Now, when people are thinking about traveling and making those, let's say someone says, hey, I want you to show up in New York. No idea what's going to happen. You have a big deal and it sounds juicy, but but you don't want to go and then get stuck, stranded. Like, what are those like finger points that people should touch on so that they don't miss out on the bigger picture? Right. So, so in that sense, I would say, so for instance, let's just say that I called you, right? And I'm like, I have this great opportunity for you. I feel like we're doing a tourism ad for South Africa. And we want you to fly here, right? It sounds like a great opportunity. And I actually did a, I actually did a TV commercial for South Africa tourism because I, I used to live in Cape Town for, for modeling for a few months. And so in that sense, when you, when I was booking those jobs or if someone is booking an opportunity through a modeling agency, and assuming that you're, you've already signed a contract, you know that this agency is reputable, right? They're going to be the ones that's going to be doing a lot of the research for you to make sure that pretty much all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted to make sure that when you show up, it's going to be a legitimate situation that there's going to be. Um, so for instance, when you do book a job, it's a great opportunity. They need you to fly to New York. What we typically get in our email is something called a call sheet. So the call sheet is going to tell you exactly what's the address that you have to show up to, what time do you have to be there? Do they need you to uh, do your own hair and makeup, especially now with, with the pandemic, they're trying to they're trying to limit as many people on set. Sometimes there are a few brands that will say, okay, to have as little people on set as possible, let's have you do your makeup versus having a makeup artist there. But that doesn't always happen, right? So they're going to send you a call sheet to just let you know exactly what you should expect the day of, how to show up, all of that. Now, let's say though that, for instance, it's, it's maybe an agency or brand new to, or even not an agency, maybe someone reached out to an Instagram, which happens a lot, right? So you may be thinking, oh my gosh, I just got this great opportunity. I don't want to miss out on this. And you're like, sign me up. I'm going to New York, right? I'm going to New York for this job. Well, before you take that, make sure that you're doing your research on that client. So here's an example. There are a lot of fraudulent people out there that, that pretend that they're actually a reputable modeling agency. So they may send someone in DM and they, they may say something to the effect of, hey, Kamala, we saw your Instagram pictures. We absolutely love your look. We work with Wilhelmina Modeling Agency and we want you, we want to meet up with you, um, you know, to discuss giving you a contract. Well, it sounds great. Wilhelmina is one of the top agencies in the world. Well, before you meet up with that random person, just because they just offered you a modeling job in New York, you need to go to Google and type in Wilhelmina Models, right? And see what phone number and what website comes up on Google. Pick up the phone and call that number and say, hey, I just received a DM on Instagram from someone saying that they're from Wilhelmina and they're offering me this amazing opportunity in New York. Was that really y'all or was that I getting scammed? Because that happens all the time, right? And so you want to do things like that. You want to reach out to other models and say, hey, I was just contacted by XYZ person for this great opportunity. Um, I, I see that your photo is, is listed on their Instagram. Did you actually work with this person? What was your experience like? Did you feel safe on set? Um, and then you'll get some people that will respond back and say, oh my gosh, I absolutely love working with this producer. They were great. You're in good hands. Take the opportunity. And then other people would say, wow, I didn't even know my photo was on their Instagram. Like, I don't even know this person, right? Mm. But again, so many scams happen. So you have to do your research um, to really just make sure that whatever the opportunity is, Sometimes it's too good to be true, and sometimes it is the most amazing opportunity that you've been waiting for, your breakthrough moment that you don't want to miss, right? But just doing your research to make sure that regardless of the situation that you can proceed with caution and, and with sound judgment. That's beautiful. I just love that because at the end of the day, when you think about model agencies and being with reputable companies, talent agencies, you now focus on your creativity, you focus on your craft, focus on your yourself, <laughs> you know? And, and exactly. Yeah. Tell us more about... Sometimes, especially from the creative space, 
a lot of times we're we're the ones that's thinking, oh my gosh, like I people say, oh, this will never happen for you or whatever. Right. So when a good opportunity comes up, you think this is my moment. I don't want to miss it. But you also don't want to be taken advantage of. And you know, little things to be mindful of is sometimes with travel opportunities, sometimes the model is responsible for their own travel fees. And sometimes the client will pay for those travel fees. So sometimes, so for instance, the client may say, okay, your rate is $2,000 for the day, right? Uh, but we're not paying your travel fees. So then you have to think, okay, well, if I have to pay my flight and I have to pay for a hotel, is it worth it based on the cost of tickets right now to accept this job? Or is it not worth it? And then there's other clients that's gonna, they're gonna pay for your flight, they're gonna pay for your hotel, they're gonna pay for a car to pick you up. It just all varies, but you just weigh those, weigh out those options based on what your end pay is after your agency takes their commission from that job. Yeah, I think so too. That that makes a lot of sense because now it it helps someone ease the tension because there's a lot of tension. You know, you gotta smile some type of way, you gotta wink some type of way. Like if you, right. you know, what I'm saying like there's so much like cheer up, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah while you may some people may start this industry and within within a month they're booking major campaigns and then yeah. other people it may take them a year to to really get a job or two and then you start progressing from there right people have different developmental developmental i can't say that word today developmental stages of their career right and so um so I think along those lines, you just have to be mindful that every every person's journey is different. Different, but but I do want to just make note that in this industry, a lot of times people think like, oh, I have the look, I can automatically be a model. And everything that we've been talking about thus far talks about things like your personality, right? How well can you pose in front of the camera? How well can you speak if you are trying to deliver some lines, right? Are you, are you someone that's always running late? Are you someone that made sure that you did your digitals and your Polaroids? Did you do the processes of how to how to submit online to an agency or go to open calls and agency knows that you exist? Or are you just sitting on Instagram hoping to get discovered, right? So, like, so, so a lot of times people don't realize that just like any other career, you have to put in the time and the effort to get into this, right? And it also takes investment. So one thing that I will say, um, and it was based on a prior question that you had asked about just what can people expect and like behind the scenes and all of that stuff is often people, you'll hear this, this notion in the industry that you should never pay to join a modeling agency, which is absolutely true. If someone says, we want to sign you, it's an amazing opportunity to work with this agency. You're going to be booking makeup campaigns and working with all of these um, Nike and, and everything that you've ever dreamed of, right? But then they say, in order for you to be signed to our agency, to, or, that, or in order to be signed to our agency to get those opportunities, you have to pay a fee to, uh, to get into the agency. Well, that's a scam. You should never pay to get a contract with an agency. So if they say there's any upfront fees to get signed to the agency, which that does happen, you do not want to do that. However, on the flip side of that, there are costs to be a model. So when you're developing your portfolio, you're going to need your headshots. You're going to need your full body shots. You're going to need, need a makeup artist and a stylist so that you look good on camera. Because trust me, the makeup that we do ourselves is never the same as what a professional makeup artist does. Even guys. Sometimes when I'm on photo shoots, uh, whether it's a print job or a TV commercial, guys get their makeup done too so that you don't look shiny on camera, right? right. So you have to be aware that to be in this industry, there are going to be financial costs. Maybe uh, when you go to castings, for instance, they want you to play the role of a dad and you're thinking, well, ah, or, or uh, golf, for instance. You know, you need to uh, know how to play golf. And you're like, well, I don't have no collared t-shirts. Like, I always wear long sleeve green shirts. So you may have to go to the store and invest in a collared shirt in order for the chance of getting that job. So little things like that that people don't realize um, is, is are going to be the things that's either going to essentially make or break how successful you have the, the potential to be in this industry. Because I say potential because there's no guarantees in this industry because uh, it is finicky. But at least you have a much greater chance of some form of success if you're taking all the right steps and if you're knowing what those steps are to begin with. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's amazing that you brought this out to their attention because these are things that people can't really search for on Google because they don't even know what to search for. Like they, they can't search for exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. 
when you think about and that, like, and that's why I mean, that's why I started coaching and consulting and all of that because when I started, <laughs> quick story. So I, I left my full time job and I thought, okay, I'm gonna try out this modeling thing, and I moved to Miami, which was only two hours from where I was living at the time. But I moved to Miami in um, like May, May time frame. Well, come to find out that pretty much June <laughs> is when the slow season starts for modeling in in Miami. So I pretty much. Moved, quit my full-time job, moved to Miami at the start of when all the jobs stop in Miami. Damn. But I didn't have anyone to teach me those things, right? right? And I didn't understand the modeling industry that there's something called seasons. So just like how we have seasons with the weather, in modeling we have seasons where in, in, in one market it may be really busy in Miami, but then not as busy in Paris or busy in South Africa, but not as busy in another city, right? And so you have to know those differences, but I did it. So now I'm trying to teach people, okay, how can you go about this in the most effective way? And most importantly, to avoid the scams so that your safety is of utmost importance, right? And so uh, that's pretty much what led me down this path of not just being a model, but figuring out a way, okay, how can I bless other people, but also create uh, a business for myself. I love that. Now that, that just puts a cap on it. That just says, hey, you want to do this? These are the best practices that's going to take you to the top agencies, the top reputable agencies that can actually take you somewhere that you have, you can take yourself. You know, you have to be very personable. You have to practice your look in front of the mirror, talk about, you know, think about how even when you think about when girls dance in front of the mirror and, and, and enjoy themselves, they know that when they go out, <laughs> they want to look a certain type of way. <laughs> exactly. So love that yeah y'all should check in make sure you go to camlak.com and make sure you get it because what people don't talk about this thing and i'm so glad that you're able to be here because they need this today thank you so much this was amazing and i and i and sometimes um like one of my clients for instance was uh, at the time i think she was like 47 and again i i, I literally had met her at church and she knew that I was a model, came up to me, I guess had been stalking my, stalking my my social media, making sure I was legit, making sure you know, I was really actually doing this thing. And so she came up to me and asked about taking my one-on-one class so I could coach her through the industry. So I did, I, I coached her and, and I'm selective on who, who I spend that time coaching with because I feel like I want to make sure that if I'm teaching you that I really feel like you have the potential in the industry because let's face it, I'm someone, science was never my strong suit. I know that I, I don't need to waste time going to med school. It's just not gonna work. And unfortunately, because of how the industry is in some ways, um, it's not accepting of everyone. Although the industry has grown, uh, uh, gosh, it's, it's changed so much that there are a lot more people now based on their looks, based on their body type, based on their height, that they are gonna be accepted. But in that small group that's like, okay, this is just not for you, I will be honest in that way because I don't wanna take someone's money by being their one-on-one coach, knowing that chances are this is not, this is not someone that an agency is ever gonna really pay attention to. Doesn't mean that they're not great. They could be the one that finds the cure for cancer, right? But, mm. but maybe modeling isn't for them. So I'm very mindful about 
that in that sense. But when I work with my clients, you know, I really like to, I really like to just stress the, all of the aspects of the industry so that people can be as, success, as successful as possible. So when I met this one young lady in church, and she was 47, she did my class, and I think it was within, um, I wanna say six weeks or so, but don't quote me on that. Um, she got signed to a modeling agency, and then her very first job after getting signed to that modeling agency, and again, this was not much time after getting signed, paid her $1,600 for her very first job, and she didn't even have to work the entire day. And here's someone that was thinking, I've always wanted to do this, but maybe I'm a little bit too old, maybe I'm a little bit too short, and she was shorter than me, she's older than me, and she got paid that rate. So, so it's possible, it just means that you have to understand how to go about it. Um, and again, I can't stress it enough, making sure that you're really doing your research so that you don't get taken advantage of. Because when I started, my parents tried to get me to modeling in elementary school and they were scammed because they didn't understand the industry because there wasn't you know, all that information out mm. there. So I try to really stress that aspect of things now when I when I do my one-on-one clients. Yeah. Yeah, I have tons of free videos and content out there about, you know, this as well. Thank you so much, Kamala K, for coming here. You've definitely blessed this audience for sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun when we when we met online and, and uh, you asked me to do this podcast. I was just so excited. So thank you so much for just thinking so highly of me to even ask. I appreciate you. You're most welcome. Definitely. If there's any way someone wants to get in contact with you, what are the best ways they can reach out to you? So the best way would be to go to my website, KamalaK.com, and then you can just fill out the contact form if you wanted to just, um, you know, ask me specific questions in terms of my one-on-one coaching. Or if you go to my Instagram, it's um, KamalaK, just at KamalaK. And I know my name is like, how do you spell it? So K-A-M-L-A-K-A-Y, so KamalaK is on Instagram. And then just the link in the bio, right? Everyone has that bio link. If you click on that link in my bio, it will take you to my ebook. It'll take you to some free PDF download content. It'll take you to the link to just get on my calendar and schedule some one-on-one time with me. And obviously, since I am a working model, I'm doing the TV brushes and print work. I don't have time every single day to coach one-on-one, but certainly I accept a limited number of students into my coaching um, You know, every quarter or so. If that's you and you want to have some one-on-one time with me, just check out my calendar and we'll uh, we'll figure something out. Even if it shows not available there, sometimes I could sneak something in. So just let me know. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And definitely we're going to have you back again for sure. Thank you. We can keep up with each other's journey. And if you are also someone that's like, okay, I want to hear more about this industry, uh, more from Campbell or just more about modeling in general, if you go to my YouTube, so just youtube.com slash K, my name, you'll be able to see some uh, videos on there as well about like, why do modeling agencies reject models? What are the typical requirements that a modeling agency is looking for? Don't forget, I said a video on how to take your digitals because that's gonna literally make or break if an agency's even gonna wanna pay attention to you. So check that out as well. So I really appreciate you. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. There you have it. That was an amazing episode by Lauren. And I'm so excited that she was able to be here. And yeah, now you're just listening to the audio version. And make sure you're staying tuned in because we got a lot of more episodes coming your way. This is the new season and I want you to enjoy yourself while you're here. So take care, enjoy, and see you in the next episode. Peace out.